You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, a monthly drop of interviews where we have a wine with the world's most inspirational female founders. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, the CEO and co-founder of Scrunch, a global influencer marketing community, as well as the founder of Spark Founders Program, a global membership for female founders who are ready to grow their business. Our vision for Spark TV is to share founder stories so you might garner inspiration and pick up strategies to shortcut your own success. Before we start, I do have a special request. Press pause and go and get yourself a glass of vino. We've both got one and we want to share it with you. Got it? Amazing. Remember, you can also watch these episodes on our YouTube channel, Spark Founders Program, or you can follow our Instagram account at Spark Founders Program for daily business tips. Now sit back, enjoy the vino, and let's bring a little spark to your business. All right, let's get started. Brittany, welcome to Spark TV. Thank you so much for spending some of your very valuable time with us uh, today. Um, let's get started by telling everybody how you got to where you are. So um, the content division is obviously an amazing business and I know your role has recently changed as well. So talk us through how, how did you actually get to starting the business and um, what do you do? What does it look like today? Yeah, so I have a history in marketing. So I was one of those people who, you know, when you're at school, you have no idea what you want to do. Um, and I went to my voc ed teacher when I was 15 and yeah, said exactly that. And she's like, oh, you know, any ideas? I was like, oh, events, promotions sound cool. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, yeah, I have a niece who works in marketing at the local shopping centre. How about you go and do work experience with her? And, you know, I didn't even know what marketing was. Um, but I went along and they had a list of things for me to do in the two weeks that I was there and I finished them in two days and they were like oh my god we should keep her <laughs> um, so they offered me a school-based traineeship so I was colonial first state global asset management which was um, you know wow. like a uh, Westfield sort of thing I was mm. there first ever trainee in the whole um, the whole Australian like company oh my god so, yeah they, I did not know this information a, about you no <laughs> anyway they put me on as a school-based trainee and um yeah so I started working there doing a cert three in business and working as a marketing assistant and um I actually left school at the end of that year so that was grade 10 I finished grade oh, 10 cool. and then yeah, so I'm a high school dropout. I <laughs> wasn't into it. Yeah, and then I, um, yeah, I, I finished that. I kept working there and then I worked at a media agency in Mackay. I worked at a CFM, Hot FM and Channel 10 in Mackay. Nice. Um, and then I moved to Brisbane. Sorry, I studied overseas and I moved to Brisbane and I got a job as a marketing assistant for the Department of Education. So I went into state government and stayed in marketing. Um, and then, yeah, I, I did my degree in this time as well. So I did a business degree in marketing through getting a step, doing steps course and doing that. 
And then I uh, got a job at Brisbane Marketing, the city's economic development agency, which was just such a sick place to work as a, you know, pretty junior marketing person. Yeah. Um, you know, you get to go to all those fun events and go out drinking and the culture was fantastic. And, you know, you're posting about food and food blogging and great tourism things. So that was lots of fun. Basically, but it's also where I... Yeah, yes, I was living the dream along with um, the three other digi gals, we called ourselves, the digital content producers <laughs> at the time. Um, and yeah, our boss was my current business partner, Kurt. So, um, oh, awesome. you know, we got along really well and we used to chat all the time, usually over drinks. And he used to say things like, oh, I'm going to leave and you're going to come with me and you're going to work for me. And then he was like, you know what, I'm probably going to end up working for you. <laughs> I love it. Eventually, yeah, eventually he was like, are we starting this business together? And I was like, sounds good. I went to his house one day. I was so hungover. I was like 24 years old. <laughs> and, this is um, how all good down. business stories start. <laughs> <laughs> we sat down and we wrote out our business strategy or plan um yeah you know in an afternoon and then he resigned and then I resigned he resigned in January and I resigned like a month later we both put up ten thousand dollars which yeah I feel like this is a really interesting part of it so we said you know we need to put some money in to start our business just because there's initial things to pay for like tech subscriptions and you know just make sure there's some money in the bank if we need to buy anything and then start paying ourselves after a little while um I didn't have any money so I had to ask my dad for a loan amazing <laughs> um, so I was like to Kurt, yeah, I'm good for it. <laughs> I was like, hey, dad, I'm thinking about starting a business. And my dad was really supportive. And he said that he was going to lend me, uh, give me some money to pay off my hex anyway. Mm. Um, but if I wanted to do this with it, I could. So um, that was amazing. And as the story goes, you know, two years into the business, we took that money back out. I then used that money to put towards my home loan and I've now paid off my hex through the business anyway. Oh my um, God. So I think that's super cool. But yeah, so we started up the business with $20,000 and left our jobs. Oh my God, that is incredible. So tell me then from what you wrote on that business strategy, hungover in the kitchen to today, how has the business changed? What do you do today? Yes. So we are a content marketing agency, which is what we always set out to be. So I don't think that our services have pivoted dramatically, but we probably didn't really know how we would be delivering that service. So we yeah. didn't really know how we would be operating. Yeah. Um, Kurt and my roles, I think, felt quite organic from the start. I've always taken a more holistic like business approach as well as being quite good with the client and Kurt's in charge with, of strategy um, with the clients, uh, you know, upfront and a lot of business development. And then I look after the execution side of things nice. um, as well as managing our business, you know, the finances, the HR and everything like that, which I love. 
so that's always been pretty organic, but I guess the uh, actual structure of the services we deliver, which is um, a range of marketing services from website builds to copywriting to social management, um, email marketing and video production. Um, we've always known we've wanted to do, like we want to be able to produce all of that stuff in house. So at the start, it was just the two of us and we used a range of freelancers. Our first employee was a videographer. And then over time we added, you know, multiple copywriters and graphic designers to get to where we are today, which is a team of 10. So quite different to what we started out with and we're five years in. But um, we, yeah, ultimately the service that we offer is the same. And so about 50% of our work is retainers. Mm-hmm. Um, so clients that we deliver something for every month and 50% of the work is projects, which is often like websites or a big brand thing or something like that. Yeah, amazing. And I've got so many questions about that, but I want to go back to um, having a co-founder. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, quite organically your roles were sort of defined. And I guess because you worked together before you became co-founders in a business, you probably knew each other's strengths. Was that a conversation? Did you actually sit down and assign roles or have you had to learn to run a business together? Has there been any stepping on toes or is it just all magically worked? It's definitely not magic, but all things considered, we get along really well and are each other's biggest fans, you know, always kind of, um, you know, they're cheering the other one on. So that's been really great. And yeah, I think probably because we had worked together before, it definitely helped, like knowing where our strengths lie. Um, Purchase knows that I like love, you know, doing a lot of the work. So mm. there was never any issue with me sort of, you know, doing that stuff. Yeah, um, whereas he really, yeah, whereas he really likes doing like workshops and doing the strategy stuff up front um, and working in the sales side of it. So yeah, it, it honestly, it was quite organic. I don't want to call it like magic, but it yeah. has been really positive. Like our, our friendship and our business partnership has been, yeah, really, really positive. And he's just, um, he's great. Like when we sat down to plan our business that day, when we were talking about like equity and things like that, I was like, you should have more equity in the business because you're 10 years older than me, more experienced than me. Um, you know, you've got a home loan and all of these things. And he was like, no, we're going to be 50-50 from day one. Like we're both leaving our jobs. And it's so, I think that really helped because when you're both working really hard, Mm -hmm. um, if you weren't getting the same amount, it could be really frustrating. So I could imagine why, um, you know, if, if that was different and maybe there was if there was nights where I was like up working or weekends working and he wasn't or something, I could have been really annoyed. But I think by making sure that that was equal from day dot really set us up for success. Yeah. And just the fact that that was a conversation is awesome as well, right? To kind of set the foundation and the strategy so that the questions aren't just hanging in the air. Like when you have that certainty, again, to your point, when you have that certainty and you're working on weekends and you're getting a little bit, you know, things are stressful, you kind of don't have to worry about those questions because they've already been answered. For sure. And we also like we paid ourselves the exact same amount as well from day dot so we've always just made sure that that we were equal there even though 
I know and we know now after doing quite a bit of business strategy um, with a business advisor that there's different motivators for business leaders. Pay is only one of them. Equity can be another one. Um, and actual control or management over your business can be another motivator. Um, and so the split of those can be different, but getting paid the same amount for both of us has worked pretty well. Yeah, awesome. And your role in the business has recently changed. Um, so you're now the MD, is that correct? And what does that mean? That's right. What's, what are the changes? <laughs> Not that I'm stalking on social media or anything. <laughs> Yes, no, we just thought that the business has, is finally at the size where uh, our clients are looking for this role to exist. Mm. And I've naturally, like I said, always been the person who manages the business side of things. So um, I manage all of our HR and hiring and, you know, anything going on with the team. Um, I lead our marketing and I look after all of our finances and, you know, set targets for that sort of stuff as well. So I'm doing a fair bit of the business strategy, making sure the business model is correct and works and, you know, coming up with theories and hypotheses and then making sure they actually work. Awesome. Um, so I've always been in that role, but then I've often and still am uh, are doing like social management for some of our clients. So still doing role, the founder thing and wearing all the hats. This role now means we're hiring to take that work off me. Um, for good <laughs> for good sure. and I'll just focus on the yes managing director yeah tasks and duties at hand yeah and do, how do you feel about that do you is that super easy to let go of are you feeling any different or has it just been the natural progression it's been a natural progression for sure. Like there is a fair bit of work to be doing in just like managing the marketing for our business. And it's one of those things where, you know, we're a market, we're a marketing business, so we don't do our own marketing because yeah. we're really busy and yeah. it's the first thing to go. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about being able to focus on that. I'll still do a lot of client things like in quoting and proposals and tenders and stuff like that, which I think sits, you know, within my role. Mm. Um, and if there's issues, I'll step in there and I'm always going to be there for my team members when they are dealing with something difficult. And, you know, Kurt and I are really good in the business. Like every, anyone on the team can ask either of us for help and we know how to do everyone's job basically to help them. You know, we're not as good at it as they are, but they can always, they've always got back up. So um, yeah. I'll always be there as an extra set of hands. I know that like, um, so prior to running a business, I was obviously an employee and that was like one of the biggest things that frustrated me working um, for other people was when they made decisions without knowing what you really did. So yeah. I think that's so cool as a business owner because you go through doing all of the jobs. So you kind of yeah. understand the process and the stress and what the clients are saying. So I think it kind of prepares you to be a better leader by wearing all of those hats inside your business definitely and it's also just backup because yeah. you just never know like somebody's like sick or something like that and you've got this animation for your biggest client and they need this change overnight and you know your videographer like a real life example door. it is and <laughs> this videographer's just walked out the door or something and then you've opened this file and you're like mm, animation <laughs> good I've got this Oh tutorial my God. open on YouTube. That's hilarious. 
So then tell yeah. me, while we're speaking of um, fun challenges that pop up along the way, um, what have been some of the challenges? I mean, we all, everyone says the words running a business isn't easy and, you know, all of those things. I mean, I feel like, you know, from the outside, your business has grown really organically. You guys are both amazing operators. You've built this amazing team. Like, looks totally sparkling from the outside. Have you encountered any challenges over the last, did you say five years? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you definitely, I mean, there's definitely challenges in in everything. I think I touched on it before around, you know, really understanding our business model and knowing what it is and knowing that we're charging enough or we have enough hours quoted in something. Um, so I think that's one side of it, just like understanding our business model and making sure that it works. Um, and then there's the other side of that, which is um, just the supply and demand, you know, so mm. trying to resource correctly and making sure you've got the team there when work comes in, because, you know, it's just that fine kind of balance. You mm. want to attract work, but you don't want to burn out the team. Um, so that's definitely a challenge. Like for us, scaling in that sense has been a real challenge. So making sure we've always got enough work so that we don't go broke, but um, also making sure that we have the team members there to service it. So that's something that I am going to continue dealing with, you know, even now. Mm. We're looking at onboarding a few new big clients. It means I need to hire for that. And then it's like, usually I'd hire on a 12-month contract and then at the end of that 12-month contract, make that person permanent because usually by then we know that the business can sort of sustain it moving forward and the whole business has sort of moved up to that next level. Mm. Um, so there's just things like that that I've learned along the way. Um, we've had some staff and like staffing challenges, you know, people who weren't the right culture fit. But now we have a fantastic culture and we really attract the right type of person for our business and everybody really works hard for our clients and each other. And it's amazing. Like everyone just loves working there and they say it all the time, not because we tell them to. Um, <laughs> and we're just so grateful because it's just a, it's like a fantastic place to work. Oh, and so is there um, something that you've learned? Like is there a magic I keep saying the word magic today. Is there like a formula or a, a, a tip like to actually hiring somebody that is the right fit? Have you kind of learned anything along the way? Uh, it's so hard, but I actually think I've got like a knack for it. That's, <laughs> that's it good, is. which is why I you're getting <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's, um, yeah, like, you know, they, people are like, trust your gut. And honestly, it's a little bit like that, you know, if something's telling you this, you know, thing's not right. But mm. actually what I think is, you know, even more important is if, if you think somebody's got it, but there's something that's sort of putting you off, mm. um, it's worth giving it a shot. You know, yeah. so a lot of the times I'd say, just call it. I'd just be like, no, nah, let's just give that a go. Mm. Um, what's the worst that can happen? Like, you know, with three months, you've got three months probation period. You'll figure out in that time if it's going to work or not. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's happened with us recently. We have been trying for so long to hire a developer 
Um, and it's just really hard to find web developers, um, yeah, and attract those. So we had um, we had like 300 people apply to be a graphic designer in our business when we recently um, hired a designer. Wow. And when we got down to the top two, um, they were both great. And one of them we thought was really creative and the other one was a great culture fit. And so we hired the creative one and because we're really looking for that. And um, I said, I think we should hire the other one and teach them how to develop because having design as a skill in website building is more important than the other way around um, because you can teach development, especially the way that we build. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, it turns out that person was really keen so they're going to be doing like crash courses on UX and dev and nice. onboarding really quick. So, yeah. And I think, you know, for me, I was, that was in the back of my head and I, I was like, let's just try it. Let's just check and see if this person's keen and they totally were. Um, so watch your space. Hopefully it works out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's like a really good point. Like ask, like, you know, give what is the worst that can happen? You know, it's just parting of ways. But if someone, if you don't ask the question as to whether somebody is interested, they may just not have been given the opportunity in previous workplaces to upskill. Um, so if you give them that opportunity, and that might be the thing that keeps them around for a long time as well, because they value the fact that your business actually encourages them and enables them to grow and learn as well. Definitely. And we, uh, so we have like really great open communication with our team. We have, um, I mean, we're talking to them all the time and they always come and tell us if they have issues. There's things that we've implemented like, you know, mental health days that we encourage people to take. We've got an EAP program, which we're very vocal about to make sure that people get support if they need it. Um, you know, we have like a really great flexible sort of working arrangement, which is, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel now, like you have to have it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, our team really appreciates that. But we do twice yearly catch ups where we go through and set goals together if it's necessary and they can bring forward any issues. And, you know, we ask them how much like what their salary goals are and stuff like that, That's because cool. I guess if you don't ask that sort of stuff and you don't know well then you can't be surprised when they leave because they're not getting it um so yeah that's like that's the sort of stuff we just try to keep the communication open and give them so many opportunities to give feedback and that's been really positive yeah amazing and that's something too i think sometimes people are a little bit scared of getting the feedback um but it's usually not as bad as you think it is usually it's just something small and usually something that's so easy to solve you know or or it's just a matter of i want to go to an event or i want to go i want to learn something or i want to do this and just opening up that dialogue is so empowering for people because i think sometimes that employees no matter how big the business is kind of sees the leader or the manager as a oh, I better not bother them they're so busy and they've got things to do and so they might not always raise issues but giving them that open forum to actually say what's on their mind I think is is awesome definitely and I think you know it's hard we think 12 months is not enough and every six months like six months comes around really quickly and yep. sometimes you find you're just repeating yourself but I think there's no harm in a 30 minute mm. coffee catch up yeah exactly 
Okay, so we talked a lot about looking after our employees <laughs> as the founder of the business. <laughs> how do you look after you? All the people tuning into this are business owners. Well, some people who are worried about taking the leap into being, being a business owner, but a lot of people who have started their own business and some of whom might be sitting there thinking, what did I just get myself into? Um, so how do you look after you as a business owner? Look, it is hard to say because I feel like everybody has their own way of winding down and, you know, making sure their mental health and everything is in check. Mm. I think it really helps to have a business partner because or just like, you know, it might be your own like romantic partner or whatever that is just so that you don't feel like you're carrying the load by yourself all the time Mm. and what I find is that my business partner and I if there's something frustrating us or there's a stress we'll talk to each other about it and that will help to kind of get it off our chest um you know before we finish the working day or even if it's at night or it's on the weekend anything that's pressing we can always have a chat to each other about it Mm. so I think that has really helped you know if you're asking what my self-care routine is, <laughs> I Well, go this is my self-care massage. routine, so... Yeah, I mean, there's a fair bit of wine, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, like, I, like, love nothing more than sitting down with a glass of wine and, like, going through my P&L. You know, like, it's, you know, I can focus on the business and have a drink, and, like, that sort of thing, it really does give me joy. <laughs> Um, I love that though like but it's also like you like we love actually we actually love our businesses so you know it's not actually um a bad thing to spend more time on it and if we're having a glass of wine then sometimes it just takes the edge off a little bit oh totally you know like I'm actually genuinely invested in it and I want to sit down and you don't have time during the day usually to look at Mm -hmm. things like that and see how you're tracking for the month and see if there's any trends and it's also an opportunity for you to celebrate your wins because you're you're aware of what's happening so yeah no I like doing that sort of thing but then yeah I just try to look after my own mental and physical health um the way you know, just in the normal ways, massages and trips to ASOC. <laughs> I love that. Good, good. So good. So then a question we always get, which, so being a marketer, um, I already know what your, your answer is, and that is, it depends. But <laughs> as you've grown your business, um, is there any kind of tips or, you know, secret to business growth that is something that you would pass on to somebody who is um, just looking for like generalized advice on, on how to grow in business? Yeah, so I think the most important thing to do from the very start is to invest in your brand, like your visual brand. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that is not even our core service. So I'm not just saying that to improve <laughs> our core service. Nice. But the sooner you look legit and you look mm-hmm. more expensive than you are and more established than you are, the sooner you're going to get that recognition and be able to charge what you're what you're worth. So yeah. I think that like I don't think there is anything more valuable. I mean, obviously you need to be able to do whatever your product or service is and do it well. Mm. Um, but in terms of a- any other anything else you invest in in your business, I think having a really solid visual brand that is consistent. 
um, and makes you look quite established is, yeah, second to none. Yeah. And is that something that you guys did coming from the marketing background or has it evolved over time? Have you rebranded? We, we always launched with the content division as the business name, um, but we designed the logo ourselves. <laughs> Don't worry, so, I've been there. <laughs> I have so an archive of bad scrunch logos. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Uh, and I think it was like that for maybe 18 months. And then we got a creative director who had started their own business to redo our brand. Um, and that's the brand that we have now, which we're really, really happy with. And um, if anything, like it's evolved a little bit, but yeah, it, that has that has made a huge difference in our business doing that. Yeah, amazing. And I love it. It looks so polished and professional, like you, you'd think you'd been around for decades. Mm, we just launched a new website too, finally, which is so funny. Like websites also so important, especially when you offer websites, but mm. it's the sort of thing that, you know, took us so long to do because we just didn't have the time and all of these things. And anyway, we just kept getting leads lately, like really good leads. And we're like, maybe we should leave that bin fire of a website up. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh my God. But also like you guys would be a bit perfectionist as well. Like you would put your heart and soul into delivering for clients, you know, like the best level of service standard that you deliver for everyone else. So then when you look at your own, you're so critical. Yes, potentially. And I also, you look at it so much that you just mm. sort of start hating it. You get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. So last question to wrap up today's chat. Um, what advice would you give someone who wants to start their own business, but is hesitating? So, you know, you obviously made the leap from uh, corporate career to um, business owner and, you know, now have a team of 10, which is incredible. Um, but sometimes when people look at that path, they go, oh, I don't even know where to start. What advice would you give to someone who's kind of got the idea, but kind of balking at taking the leap? Yeah, so I think maybe, you know, don't, like nothing happens overnight. And even though when we did leave our jobs and start the business, I think we had a hope for something bigger where we could do, we've always aspired to just being able to do really good work. And that happens to require lots of people, um, mm -hmm. not lots, but I mean, we think we probably need a couple more to be doing that really well. Um, so we knew that there was an aspiration there, but realistically what we were doing in our day to day was just going, where do we get our first client? Where do we get our second client? How do we make sure we're charging enough? How do we set goals now to take out our initial investment? How do we set goals now to save money for this thing we want to do? Like how we self-funded our, um, office fit out, uh, last year. So, you know, I think it's it's really baby steps. So mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be this big thing. And I guess just be realistic about the the leap that you're taking. Is it really that big of a leap? Like, yes, you're leaving your job properly, but probably, but make sure you've got some money in the bank, prepay your home loan for, you know, the next six to 12 months if you can, or something like that. Make sure you've got enough cash there. And 
really like if it all goes to shit go and get another job and everything will be okay but you know you if you're really good at what you do and you you're going to work hard to make it work you'll be surprised how easy it is and how organic it is because lots of there's lots of businesses out there who are successful uh just because they've been around so there's always room for disruption i love that and i just love the um just the next step you know it doesn't have to be this huge like take over the world like the baby steps are what are each of the milestones and then just focusing on hitting that and then the next one and then the next one i think that that is very good advice Definitely. And it's going to feel uncomfortable and that is okay. Like every time our salaries sort of have grown, you know, like the business's salary bill per month, every time that grows, there's this like level of discomfort where, you know, you're moving up to that next level and then it's the new norm. And then, you know, it just keeps going from there. So I think, yeah, work out what your business model is early, and then take that leap, start testing it, keep refining it and just go with your gut. And maybe always get used to being uncomfortable because you're just bigger and bigger and bigger. Drink lots of coffee and get used to just a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> Amazing. Well, on that note, you are the best. Thank you so much for spending your time um, with the Spark community. I know um, there are a bunch of nuggets of wisdom in there. So I really appreciate you spending your time with us and having a wine with me today. No worries. Thanks, Danielle. That wraps this episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That helps other amazing female founders like you find us and grow too. You can also follow along on Instagram at Spark Founders Program for daily business inspiration and DM us with a guest you'd like to hear from next. Or even join our community at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Thank you for being here. And if no one tells you today, you got this.